Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is Hayden Bo, Simon Chang, and uh, today we have Randy Costa on the podcast. Randy is a UFC fighter. Uh, he's a guy that uh, trains at the gym at HQ. Uh, super nice guy. Really interesting story. Super uh, inspirational story um, that he will get into on the podcast. So definitely one you don't want to miss. Um, as always. Make sure you screenshot the episode while you're listening to it. Throw it up in your stories on Instagram. Tag me, tag Steffi, tag Simon, tag uh, Hybrid Unlimited, and you'll automatically be entered into a draw to potentially win some Hybrid Legacy brand apparel, which is the official apparel of the Hybrid Unlimited podcast and Hybrid Performance Method. While you're at it, check out hybridperformancemethod.com for everything under the sun with regard to strength uh our our app hybrid strength coach uh you can find it through there we've got a bunch of programs with a bunch of amazing coaches whether you want to get big get lean uh we got everything you want to be more athletic we got everything that you could possibly want uh and it's all for only 40 bucks a month so go check that out what's up everyone it's your favorite podcast producer nick tracana here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at element listen you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet I see it, Steffi sees it, Hayden sees it, we all see it. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practice intermittent fasting, are physically active, or sweat a lot. But don't just take my word for it, I mean the proof is in the pudding. U.S. Olympians, players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and even our own special forces drink Element. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the pinnacle of self-performance, but ever since Steffi turned me on to Element, I've seen vast improvements in my everyday training and recovery. You guys can try Element today with a totally risk-free, no-questions-asked refund policy. And you know what? Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid for your free sample pack of eight grab-and-go element packets. Stay salty, my friends. Now back to the podcast. Oh, man. Been a while since we've been in the studio. Um, all right. Hello, friends. Today we have Randy the Zohan Costa on the show. Uh friend of hybrid uh one of the athletes that trains at the gym uh fighter in the ufc really interesting dude um we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast where we we're leading into it but uh i thought we'd save it for the podcast the nickname so yeah, why are you the, the zohan is it because you don't mess don't mess with you well, I mean, like the movie i mean i i guess part partly uh but so everybody knows that movie you don't mess with the zone. <laughs> it's a pretty ridiculous movie. I'd like to think I'm a pretty ridiculous person. <laughs> but the big thing was, you know, I I take pride in my hair and like my That's what I was thinking style, of. Like the foot uppercuts start a lot of head kicks. So somebody it was an old friend of mine, Andy Kurzonkowski. He's the announcer for Cage Titans, which is the pr- promotion that I fought for, uh, going to the local scene. And he mentioned it to me that he has a funny nickname to me before my professional debut. And I'm like, dude, don't play any games, bro. Like, I need to win this fight. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he just announced that me as Randy Zohan Costa in my in my debut. And it was the funniest thing. And it just stuck. And I, I think it's 
I think it's pretty good. I think it's fixed. I think it's good. Did it throw you off? Like, were you it, pissed the first second in the ring? I mean, like, so you're sitting there. I have a dude across from me, like, trying to, like, looking at me like he's going to kill me. And I have this idiot announce me as Zohan. Like, how mad can I actually get, right? Like, <laughs> I can't be like, dude, you can't call me that. But, like, the guy across the cage from me is like, going to try to beat my ass. Like, I, it, it was fun. It was fun. Did the other guy have a nickname? Uh, no, he was just Stacy Anderson. Oh, okay. Stacey Anderson, yeah, this is not a normal guy. And that was Cage Titans, you said. That's where you, so you started with Cage Titans and then. So I had three amateur fights. Two out of the three amateur fights were with Cage Titans. And then I had four pro fights for I got UFC and all four of those pro fights were with Cage Titans. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm real, real tight with the promoter. The promoter's a really good friend of mine, Mike Colbert. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Cage Titans. What uh, is the distinction between amateur and pro in MMA? <clears throat> yeah, so. <clears throat> It's, so it varies by commissions, which varies by states. So in Florida, the rules are going to be a little bit different than in Massachusetts. I assume and they're way more wild. What's that? I'm assuming they're way more wild in Florida. Uh, Florida's the wild. Actually, dude, Massachusetts maybe. So Massachusetts, there's no requirement from how many fights you have to have amateur before you go pro. In Florida, you have to have five amateurs before you go pro. But okay. how you can beat that is if, say you did one fight in Florida, your next fight, your next fight you can go to Georgia and have your pro debut. And then Florida has to recognize that. Uh, so it's like a slippery slope. But the real difference is, at least in Massachusetts, is with professional, it's a five-round fight. With amateur, it's a three-round fight. Um, in amateur, there's no elbows, period. In, oh, wow. Uh, in professional, obviously, there are elbows. Um, and there are no knees to the head in the amateur level. Um, and the gloves are five or six ounces instead of four ounces. The big thing is it's just like a thumb protector. Um, but everything else is the same. It's still a fist fight. Just shorter fist fight, I guess. Uh, and submissions, everything. Everything, so. everything is good. Uh, a weird one is Connecticut. If it's your first, first amateur fight, then there's no ground. There's no ground and pound. So it's a full fight standing up, and then if it goes to the ground, you can only grapple, which is like kind of counterproductive because like I can kick you in the head, but like I can't punch you in the face on the ground. Like it's a little weird. Um, but yeah, it weird. varies from commission to commission, which is state to state or country to country. Damn, I wonder if do people go from like like you said, if you go to Florida and then to Georgia. Like, is there a lot of DQs in amateur then? Because people are like, the rules are changing depending on where you're at. Uh, the rules really aren't going to change like in the fight because especially at like the, the a newer fighter, you're probably going to be less inclined to like lace somebody with an elbow because that's the, that's a move that you kind of have to think through a little bit. And at the amateur level, you don't really have like that experience of think through position type stuff. Okay. So you don't, I, I haven't seen a fight get stopped from an elbow at the amateur level. Um, knees to the head are definitely common though, because you figure in any kind of street fight, you clinch up with someone and you try to blast them with the knee to the body and then it misses and touches them in the chin. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's like on the amateur level, like guys don't really have experience and fist fights are so crazy and such like a whirlwind of things going on that guys really don't like think things through until they have experience. And by that point you're yeah, at least able to throw those elbows and things like that. What was your first experience like in the ring? Was it just like, like, I feel like, I mean, being in like a fight as a kid, you know, it's I've like. I've never even been in one of those, bro. Really? No, so I've just... been in a single street fight. I've never punched any. I've never punched anybody out of. I've never punched anybody outside of a, a sanctioned environment. Ever. Wow, like, so dude, what, it was the weirdest thing. What What made you want to do it then? Dude, it was a, it was an accident. Like it was, the whole thing was an accident. Um, just like every other kid, I was put in karate as a kid, like because I was like a little asshole. You know, I needed a little bit of discipline, so I was put in karate. <laughs> um, I started boxing in middle school. And then through, I played a lot of football. So I was looking for a, like a contact sport to do in the off season of football. So I didn't want to play hockey because I like basketball and I like wrestling. 
So I thought boxing would be cool. So I started boxing when I was in middle school and then I would kickbox in the off season of football in high school. And then I put the whole thing together. Um, I never really like had crazy aspirations of fighting. It was just kind of a big accident, dude. Like I took my first amateur fight. It was like on two weeks notice because I knew that I, I wanted to do one. I wanted to like try it because it was so scary. And I knew it would be so worth it. And I wanted like the pictures and like, I thought it would just be so cool. Um, and it was like three days before it. And my mom was like, oh, you have that wrestling match this weekend, right? I'm like, dude, if you think I'm wrestling this weekend, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I got a full on fight this weekend. Like, you have no idea Did you tell her that or you just let her believe it was I'm like, like it's, it's, I respect that, but it's like, it's going to be a little bit more of a wrestling match. <laughs> but it was cool, man. It was, it was really weird. Like I got in there and like, you you know, everybody wants to be like the cool guy. You go in there, you just knock this dude out. It's going to be wild. But you go in there and you forget everything that you trained. Bro, my first fight was 35 seconds. I threw 17 head kicks in 35 seconds. I was just walking and fucking throwing head kicks. <laughs> I was just lazing it for no reason. Just, I threw like two punches, bro. It was just so many head kicks. Just kept throwing them. I ended up winning. But it was just so crazy. Like, because I, I like to think of myself primarily more as, as a boxer. And I did no boxing in the fight. I was just lacing head kicks. It was just... It's wild, it's blurry, it's weird. And like, that was my first time ever like actually sinking into something and like trying to hurt somebody. And like having somebody across me like also trying to hurt me. It was just like a really weird thing, but it was, it's cool. It was like really addicting because it was like wicked fucking scary. Oh, what'd your mom think? Did she come and watch? She came and watch. She's like, dude, she's my number one fan. Dude, her and my dad. Like that. That's awesome. Fan. It was so cool. And like super supportive. And like, they knew, like I was, so I'm, I'm one of five. Um, and I was always like the, the kid that was like, always getting hurt, acting like an idiot, you know, ding dong, get you an egg and shake and taste by the cops. Like, it wouldn't, <laughs> like I'm, if, if any of the siblings are going to go do something stupid, like she would want it to be me. One, because I'm sure a little bit of karma, but two, because like <laughs> I'm a little bit more fit for that. Um, but yeah, dude, she, she loves it, man. Her and my dad, like huge UFC fans. She had a huge MMA fans. Um, my dad was like a little bit of a boxing fan prior, but they never really were interested in the UFC until I like mm-hmm. started training a little bit. Wow, dude. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, she was, she had, she was in for it, dude. Like, I remember like looking out like, my like I'm not wrestling. <laughs> I, I wrestled but, like last year, like no more than like I'm not yeah. wrestling now. Yeah. Man, so crazy. after uh Cage Titans, you essentially you got the call or how does it how does it work? Dude, always so, wondered. Like, that whole thing is crazy. So I had my amateur debut in, in uh in 2014, April 5th, 2014. And I hit three fights back to back to back. So I did April, June, and then August. Oh wow. And then I had a four-year layoff. I didn't fight again, dude. I was a massive mental midget. I was so scared to fight again. I had, like, crazy performance anxiety. But, like, I wasn't sure, like, what I was afraid of. Because like, obviously, you do a little bit of maturing. So you start to realize these things. But during that time, I wasn't sure, like, what I was afraid of. I just couldn't pull the trigger. It was so weird. Uh, I went to school. Um, I, I, I listened to the military. I didn't have to get into that. But I'll get into that later. Uh, it's another funny story. Um, but, yeah, I had a four-year layoff. But in that four-year layoff, it's kind of, like, where... I figured out what I wanted to do. Like I went to school. Um, during that time, I had one, one of my like real good friends. He wanted me to make GFC. His name was Devin Carey. He had like three, a couple pro fights. Um, and his dream, like I said, was to make GFC. Before I told him, I was like, yo, I'm going to get one more fight. Can I get one more fight? And cause he wanted me to, and then he died. So I was like, fuck, oh, now like, I have to live up to my word and fight. So it was like, he died in 2016. My pro debut was like 2019. I did four fights, banged them out, nine months, got to call the UFC in nine months. It was the craziest thing, but wow. yeah, like it was never like in the cards. Like, like I literally, I slipped, fell and made the UFC. Like it was just wild. But typically how it happens is, obviously an athlete has a manager just like with, with anything. 
and the and the manager would would communicate with UFC. I feel like I hit the lottery because I got in with only four pro fights. Normally, you see guys maybe six fights, seven fights. I think there's two other people that got in with four fights, and it was Chris Weidman and who's the other one? Maybe Max or Dustin, one of them. But yeah, one of them only had four fights. So like, I felt like almost wanted, I feel like recognized. It was like really cool to be a part yeah. of that group, but it's not like a normal thing. Like it, norm, normally you need like a few fights, eight fights, seven fights, have like a hot streak and then you get a chance to go like the other fighter or contender. But I bypassed all of that. I was supposed to be on the contender series. They had a fight fall through and then they pulled me what I think was from contender series and then I got that replacement opportunity. But normally like that, that doesn't, I, I'm like a special case and I'm, I'm like forever grateful for that. Like I really feel like that's awesome. Yeah. Damn. That's Were you nervous? Cool. The first one for the first UFC one, dude, it was a trip dude, because like I didn't have any time to think about it. Right. I only, I turned pro nine months ago and now they, they, I got a text from that. That just sunk in by the way. You see, you had four fights four in months. nine months and I just banged them out. Jesus Christ. Dude, Weren't they all first round? I was looking up. Or yeah, dude, it was it was a so you won all first round. second knockout, eleven second knockout, two two uh ninety second knockout, and then another 40, 42 second knockout. I was so that's what they called. Yeah. Dude, the first time I got punched ever in a fight, amateur and pro was when I had my UFC debut. I never I didn't get punched ever until then. So that's you can watch all my training get punched. What was that like? Were you just like Oh shit! Shit! I can get punched too. Well, I got hit once, dude. I'm like, yo, I see fucking eight of this. This one dude, I see eight of them. I'm like, yo, I think I'm rocked. This is crazy, dude. Like this, and that was my so my pro debut was in a bowling alley, dude. So bowling alley. Fast forward nine months to the sold out state State Farm in Atlanta, Georgia, where Max Holloway, Dustin are fighting, Izzy and Calvin Gaston are fighting, dude. It was like it was a trip, dude. It was insane, but I had no time to like. No time to be like, wow, I'm scared or any of that because I was just starstruck. Like these are all the dudes that like I watched on TV. Like, yo, I get to fight on this. I get to open the card for. Dude, it was just. Yeah, wow. that, that was a really was, good card too. It was a big card, man. And we kicked off the night, and it was it was crazy. It was a crazy, uh, crazy fight. It was so much fun. I ended up losing. I got choked on the second round. That fight was bananas. But the whole thing, though, the experience was just like, like wow. Because at that point, like in my amateurs, so like, I was just doing it was fun, whatever. But by the time I went pro, obviously, like I told you guys, my, my friend passed, so it was much bigger than me. Mm -hmm. like, wow, dude, like I'm accomplished in not only like a dream that I have now, right? But I'm now I get to do it for something that's bigger than me. So it's like, fuck how I feel. Like if you're scared, like you're scared, like it doesn't matter anymore. Like it's, yeah, it was it was just really cool. It was really that is cool. really cool. It's it's also <laughs> it's like I I can't imagine because I've never been in that situation. But going to a live UFC event to like to try to explain what that atmosphere feels like to someone who's never been there. Like it's impossible. Like it, it's so crazy and electric and like primal. Like I feel like you're just in an arena filled with animals. It like is. it's just, everyone's just so like hyped and like, like everyone's like got this, this like craziness about them that they like conceal in the rest of their life. That's just unlocked. In yeah, that okay. environment. It's like a place you can go where you can like, where you can just be like fucking kick his yeah. ass, you yeah. know, <laughs> like that. kick him in the dick. Okay. You know, yeah. like the president was at the one. Uh, but uh, yes. Trump was at the one that I went to, and so it's like Trump is, Trump is one of the big reasons why MMA is where it is today. Really? So Trump had the Trump Hotel in Trump Plaza in, in New York, and he was like the only place that was that was sanctioning fights. He was oh, really? A place to put fights on when nobody else was, because at that time, when what ninety three or ninety four, when the UFC has was just getting like created. It was just like a bunch of, 
it was human cockfighting. It wasn't fighting. It wasn't MMA. It wasn't like a, a gentleman's sport. It wasn't an organized sport like boxing. It was just like a bunch of assholes fighting. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it was. Right. It was no like, uh, like professionalism. But yeah, Trump is like a big player in like why well, I didn't know that why MMA is where it is today. That's pretty cool. It's crazy. But like back to like what it's like primal. Like what's really weird is when you're in there. That's weird because like as weird as it sounds, dude, it's like the most peaceful place you can be. It's so fucking weird because everything that's happening there is is real. There's no lies. Like nothing matters. It didn't matter what you said. Everything is real. You can't do anything in the cage that is like is not perceived as reality. Right. right. Like if I hit you, I hit you. Like that's that's it. You hit me, you hit me, and that that's it. There's nothing else that's going on. The conversations don't matter anymore. We're right. only speaking with our fists and our like it's all real shit. It's a really, really weird, peacefully and like for lack of a better term, like intimate place. It's really fucked up, but it's so cool. Did you l- learn anything about yourself going through that? So much, dude. So much. Just like understanding how like <clears throat> understanding how to deal with like nerves and, and anxiety and like what it's like to actually be scared and what it's actually to like to feel like you're fighting for, like one for something else but also like fighting for your life you're not really fighting for your, like some people die like it's a very rare thing but it's still like you really have to fucking fight and if you like lose like everybody gets to see it like you're just yeah. so vulnerable like there's no there's no hiding like and football and things like that, like you can you can put blame on other things, like dude, like yeah, no, that was nobody you can and cover I for saw you. that, and now with social media, now you're viral, like yeah, or, yeah. On positive yeah, you can get viral, like it's yeah, it's a lot to like digest as as a person who is young and who took a long way off because of like anxiety related uh, sport performance type stuff. Like it was just weird, but it's so fucking cool. Do you have any issues with that now? Do you work with a sports psychologist? I do work with a sports psychologist, and this would be the first fight that I have worked with a sports psychologist. Um, okay. It's something that I wish I did a long time ago. Um, and what's funny is that I took a couple sports psychology classes in college or university, but it was never something that I like chased after for, for whatever reason. But like, I'm glad that I'm realizing how much of an impact it is now than you know in ten years when I I should have could have would have. Um, I'm sure that you maybe you spoke to a sports psychologist before. Like it's it's did, crazy. Yeah. Like it's easy, especially in MMA. It's easy to be like the alpha. Like yo, I, I fucking fight. I mean, like fuck you. Like, I don't yeah. Anyway. I don't have feelings, right? I'm cold. Like mm. it's crazy. Like it's, if you get more like, it's almost like if you get like more in tune with the way that you feel and you express more about the way you feel, you almost become like more alpha because like the vulnerability is gone. Like I laid it on the table. Like, yeah, it you're not. Really you're not pretending those things don't exist. Yeah, like anymore. I'm not. I'm not like I'm not hiding it. It's not like I don't have like a, a like a defense mechanism. I don't have the defense system up for myself. I'm just sure. Like I'm fucking scared. Like it is what it is. What was uh for you like the the turning point in you know dealing with that anxiety? Like I know you said you you went back because uh, of your friend and you wanted to. Yeah. But eventually you must have gotten to a point where you don't experience it to that level anymore. Was there like a turning point? Um, or a realization that you had where you're just like, okay, now I can it deal was, with dude, this. It was honestly, it was honestly, as soon as I got into the cage for my pro, for my pro debut. Um, so when I got to the venue for my, for my pro debut, I, I remember walking around. So it was at a bowling alley. This was called Pins. It was inside the, inside a mall. So I was just walking around and I had his, his picture with me. I carry his picture with me everywhere. I go during fight week and stuff. And I remember just walking around the fucking the hall is just crying. I'm like, yo, like, fuck, I can't back out now. Like, there's no way out. Like, Devin's, like, this is here now. Like, this is real now. It's like, all right, dude, like, 
it just kind of makes you like, I mean, everybody's lost somebody before. So you realize like life is really like fragile as fuck, right? It doesn't really matter. Like if you're scared, like tomorrow it's going to be gone. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. or I could like, I could die in, in five seconds. So it was just, I guess the understanding like that, like the, the feelings are temporary, but like the memory is going to be like for good. Like it, like, yeah, I don't remember some of like the things that I felt then, which felt, which felt then like the biggest deal in the world. But like the memories I have today, I'll forever cherish just because I was able to get through, like see the light at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like coming to terms with the inevitability of, yeah, of things, just, sort of. Yeah. And like, it's, it, but like really just realizing like how fragile life is. Like that's because dude, he was fucking 20 years old, 21 years old. It was like, it was, it was him and his brother on the way home from practice. He was getting ready for a fight two, two weeks later. Damn. You know, so he was on, wow. he, was, he was like doing what he was supposed to be doing. It just happened. Like he, it wasn't one of those kids that was like, you know, out being an asshole and doing this, that. He was like a really good dude, like a real good dude. I don't know why he was friends with me because like, I'm a fucking dirtbag. <laughs> you know, he was like a real good dude. Like, so it was just realizing like, like that happened to him. Like that can happen to any of us. So like, why am I going to live now in, in a fear that- Yeah, rather than living in fear. Yeah, like it's, it's just weird, but it's, it's fucked up. But like, if I didn't experience that, then I wouldn't have been able to do what I do now. Or I'll, like my views would have been different. So like, I'm certainly not saying it's a good thing passed away because that's certainly not a good thing but i'm i'm glad that i was able to spin it into something and, and take something positive from it while bringing you know remembrance to his name but like the coolest thing about it about everything was you know i lost my pro debut my second pro fight was that they put me on my hometown dude, in ufc boston it was fucking bananas and i got my first win in ufc boston with his parents sitting like third row of the crowd wow like, dude, oh, that's I got to cool this picture in like in the fucking and that was center. that was a fast one wasn't it it was, it was like a minute First, first UFC win, yeah, knockout. knockout at home. I got to hold this picture in the center. That, and I remember I went to TD Garden to watch fights with him before. And we were saying, yo, imagine fighting here, imagine fighting here. And I got oh, to like, so cool. do that. I got the chills. Right? I got to do that, like hold his his like, his like picture up. And like, you know, Anik was there and like they played like recognition to like his family. And like, this, oh, wow. is, this is Devin Carragher. Like, like, fuck, like you just had recognition from the UFC in your home. Like this, like, I was just like, proud not not because of anything that i did but more like proud because his like parents got to realize it's just like it was special i don't know it's cool that is really cool yeah it was like it was just like i just remember like seeing like after i won like my coaches came over like yo his parents were there i'm like fuck that's so fucking oh you didn't know no i didn't i didn't know like i knew that they were definitely gonna be like they like because they they wouldn't miss it they know everything that i stand for like how cool like we were and I, but I'm sure like it would be really hard just like think of the situation like how hard it would be, like yeah. to lose your son and that was his dream and I get to see like I mean it's cool that his buddy's doing it but like that's a hard pill like that mm-hmm. that your son like can't do yeah. that with his buddy like it's a hard pill but it was just like it was just like a, a really proud moment because I, I overcome a lot to get there but it also wasn't about me it was like there's so much bigger than the people that like I wanted the recognition for. They got the recognition and they got to fucking witness it. It was just like special. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. I, I think I've seen some pictures of you at like at Wayne's. Always, always. Yeah, yeah. Wayne. Dude, Big what's fucking cool now is last Christmas, dude, they surprised me. I got some of his ashes. So I wear his, uh, a necklace with his ashes around me and I carry it through fight week. And like, so he's literally always there. Like, that's my, awesome. It's fucking, it's special, dude. Like it's, 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 like hard obviously like you got like a knot in your throat like it's tough to like talk but it's just so cool because it's like you know, nobody ever pictured any of this happening i never pictured myself in this situation but i'm sure like his family's really happy that like he's still getting like constant buzz mm-hmm. behind his name because not only myself is 
you know, brings recognition to, but every single other person in the mass MMA community who gets to like the next level brings him with. So it's just like really fucking cool. Yeah. 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 Like really cool. You ever heard that quote? It's like everybody dies twice when you actually physically die. And yes, also uh, the last time somebody says your name. No, I never heard that one. You yeah. Heard someone say that again? So everybody dies twice. The, the first time is when you stop living and yeah. the second time is the last time somebody ever says your name oh that's cool that's so it's cool idea. that he gets to live on because his name is always always being said yeah that's cool so it's and his his uh his family's really cool too they he's like a uh, freetown fire uh, police officer this that the other thing but uh they have a charity and they give they like give um a scholarship to pay for martial arts to troubled kids so the guy i taught like a, a boxing seminar over there like a bunch of like joe lozon talked like uh damn with the seminar just to other underprivileged kids but all under like the the devon carrier name like the devon like, that's like, awesome yeah, well yeah it's just it's just cool like that's it's cool. a forever cycle like yeah he may not physically be here anymore but everybody fucking knows who he is like you know, yeah it's, it's cool yeah and it just it's inspiring and it shows that you just found courage through that and are preaching that as well yeah like i'm sure there's tons of people now who look up and as you said, you weren't expecting like this route, but no. you, you found courage and like work past your, your stress anxiety. And now you're like, oh shit, UFC, yeah. some knockouts in the UFC, especially against like really good fighters and such a short pro career. Yeah. And like, I don't come from like, you know, this yuppie ass school with all these, like I come from a school where it's one of the bigger, bigger schools in Massachusetts. So we have project kids, we have not yuppie kids, but we have like higher middle class. It's all like working class families and poor kids. So like I go back and I spoke to the high school a couple of times, a couple of uh, classes at the school. I taught the wrestling uh, or I coached some of the wrestling program over there. But it, that for me is like much more like fulfilling because I know what it felt like to like, dude, that's, that's a fucking pipe dream. There's no way that can ever happen. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm proof that like that does happen. You thought dude. there was like, no way. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's like, like three or four other athletes that came out of the the city they come from, which is not many at all. Like that's not, nobody comes, people that go to that high school stay in that city. Like the, people don't get out of that city. So I get messages all the time from like the people in the high school, my sister's still in the high school, just like, hey, like you're so inspiring. It's just that's awesome. Like, like that, it's just like fucking cool. Like it's just way cooler than anything that I could ever do. Like, I guess for myself. Like, I'm And it keeps you motivated. For sure, man, I can't slack off. Like I have like the kids looking up to me, like what am I gonna look like, dude? If I just fucking, oh no, I fucking don't wanna do it anymore. Yeah. So. Especially, yeah, as you said, just doing it for yeah. more than yourself. Yeah, that's what that's what bigger it is, picture. Like, I think with with anything, like any venture, any business, whatever, if you have like a another a bigger meaning than just solely for like your satisfaction, then oh, you of course. always go the extra mile. It's just easier to do it. You like enjoy it a little bit more. There's a little bit yeah. more riding on it. Yeah. The one thing that's like kind of like that, but I feel like it goes either way, is when fighters have kids. Yeah. Right? They either that sense of responsibility may, like levels up their game or it's like they don't they're not as reckless or like they don't take the risks or they think they're like double like like psyching themselves out almost because they have this like dependent yeah you see that with anyone? That, that would be tough for me to swallow because like because there's two sides to that it's like do i want to like roll the dice and try to inspire my kid or i want to roll the dice and get knocked the fuck out in front of my kid like you know which way is it gonna go like obviously you're gonna choose to try to inspire your kid but that's got to be Oh, man. Well, dude, and, and now, like you said, like going viral and stuff, imagine getting knocked out and then all, all everyone at school dude, is like, yeah. I saw your dad get slept. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, 
Does that, does that stress you out? Stuff like that? Like the idea of like, if something happened going viral, like, or is that no, just dude, part of the because game? because like, I'm at, I'm at peace with it. Like any press is good press. Like if you want to post a video of me getting slept, like I'm going to laugh with it too, because it's fucking funny, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, dude, I, I don't really care about like, like the, whether I'm going viral for like a sick performance or a not so sick performance. I've been on both sides of it and I know what it's like to be on the bad side of a highlight and on the good side of a highlight. I don't really like, it's just, you pay your dues. Like it, it's going to happen. It comes with it. Like if I lived in fear, then I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even take that. I wouldn't even roll the dice to have that chance. You know? yeah. so yeah. it's, like, it's just whatever. Like, go ahead talk shit about me. Like it's sick. Like, I'm still going to get paid for it. You idiot. You're paying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about, uh, the MMA guys going into these like boxing matches because from my perspective, like I get it's a big payday, but they're just getting kind of fed to the wolves, right? Like they're, they're getting set up to lose. And now I don't know if you saw it, but Tyson Fury Iganu. and Ngannou are doing a hybrid boxing match. So they're basically going to box, but with uh, the four ounce UFC gloves. So I'm like, that's dangerous, right? But it's like foot nine with four ounce gloves, bro. Dude, might as well be bare knuckle at that point, right? Like those guys are huge, and it's like I love Ngannou. Obviously, he's a sick athlete and stuff. But it's like you're you're taking this guy. It's almost sad because you're taking a guy who's so good at what he does, and then you're making him compete against another guy who's so good at what he does, and you're making him play that game. You know, it's like, and then you get guys, you see, you know, uh, Woodley, you know, he's get, getting slept by basically an amateur level boxer. You know, you see, it's like, fuck, I get it. I get it. But I, I hate seeing these, like the legends kind of ruin their legacy almost like that. Yeah. But on the flip, like it's financially. Yeah. I think Tyron's probably eating. I don't yeah. think he really cares about it, man. I mean, it's just like a. It's a slippery slope because what's next? We don't we don't know like Tyron, for example. We don't know what other things he has his hands in that create income. So yeah. if you get offered an opportunity to make a couple mil to get, you know, 12 three minute rounds, like, all right, dude, like I've been knocked out before. Yeah. It's less than a five minute round, and these gloves are pretty big. What do I really have to do? You're gonna make me go viral? Like, nice, that's only gonna increase my followers only going to give me more opportunity to monetize my other things. Yeah. Like in, in that regard, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that silly. Like the, the, the opportunity fights, like the big payday fights, but on the flip, like guys going bare knuckle and stuff like that. I think some of that's kind of silly because I don't think the risk is worth the reward with yeah. that because the finances with bare knuckle, at least what is being put out there, I don't think it's worth like, with MMA, at least you have the glove on. And with the glove, it protects a lot of the cuts. And that's what that's for. It's not to protect yeah. the face and like the bone structure, it's to protect the cuts. And those you can't really do anything about. With bare knuckle, you're 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 going in there and your hands, obviously, but the cuts on your face is what is is that worth the money? Yeah. That's what I don't especially like later in your career. That's the thing too, right? It's like I I Unless the some of the guys are getting enormous paydays, to me, it's almost like a Nick Diaz type thing where it's like you're they're trying to squeeze the last little bit of like their athletic career out, make just one more payday. Maybe they're not, you know, financially happy with where they are and they're doing this thing that they probably wouldn't have interest in otherwise. Right. It's like and I guess 
for uh, probably the level of fighter coming out of the UFC, you know, it's uh, probably a lot higher than the guys who are just doing straight bare knuckles. So it's like, it seems like an easy payday, but man, those cuts, like you see guys who have had like five bare knuckle fights. It's like, dude, you look, they look like a different person. It's like, you look like sloth from the Goonies after every fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yeah, dude. Yeah. I've seen people legitimately like 10 minutes after the fight in person, just looking like a cabbage patch kid. Dude, it's bad. Oof. But in terms of a business model, they're not gonna know what they're doing. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. they're gonna underpay all of their fighters who don't have a name. They're gonna overpay some legends. And that's how you're gonna be able to like level out your, your income and, and output. And then for like a, in, a, in a five-year plan, you'll be able to pay everyone a little bit more equally. Yeah. It's a great business model, but I think it's so unfair. Yeah, it's crazy. Like me, uh, uh, <laughs> Pages fights, those were those were tough to watch for me. Like she's probably getting paid, so like where do you draw the she line? Was, I think what she got, I think it was four four hundred K for for three or four fights or something like that. I thought it was more than that. I think it was per fight, wasn't it? No. Something no, like, it's no. big money, man, because she's but, probably getting way less in uh Yeah, in, in the UFC. UFC. Oh, for sure. Like, the women get paid significantly less in UFC, right, than the men. Because it's all based on no. who brings in So the money. only the only way that that might apply is like um, stars. There's no really like female star besides maybe Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet she's getting paid like comparably. But you have to remember and take into consideration like a guy like McGregor or Izzy, like a lot of their money is coming from paper. So mm. if, if you're just not selling, we can't give you more money. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's it, all the other fighters, all the contracts are the contracts. Like. An entry-level contract in the UFC is going to be the same whether it's for me, you, or the girl next door. Like, none of that really matters. So, that's no really yeah. underpay in that regard. I just think there's, it's probably, like, underpaid when you're talking about the stars and stuff. Um, but I think that might have a little to do with, like, the pay-per-view point there. So. Yeah. Like, what kind of draw that you're bringing. Because it's not necessarily – there's just not really, like, a star for, like, the, the, the female MMA market yet. Besides Amanda Nunes, but she's – I wouldn't mm-hmm. even know if she's like a star. Yeah, it's like like, the closest I even think would be like Rose, maybe, maybe. right? But it's or, like what she does. Or like Ronda people are not back getting then. like or Ronda, yeah. But people are not getting hyped for Rose's fights the way they are for any McGregor fight right. or. And O'Malley. we're talking about like it's it's all it's all it's also a lot harder too, um, like Izzy and Connor and Till and those guys have comes out. They have countries behind them. Mm-hmm. It's right. really hard to get a whole the United States around you. Number one, as a male, but two, especially as a female, <laughs> when historically, I guess, female fights typically aren't as exciting as male fights. Mm-hmm. There are very fun female fights and very exciting female knockouts, but I think in terms of like, if you're gonna put a male fight and a female fight, what fight do you think is gonna be crazy? You prob- it's probably gonna be the male fight, not. Because yeah. of any other reason other than just that's what it is. Yeah, and there's pro- probably a product of of enrollment too, right? Like you have if you have five times the amount of guys participating, right. you're gonna get a lot of those stars and high level performances more often than you know than than if there's you know I don't know hundred thousand women. Competing. Right, and, and and like just think of like the evolution of the sport. Like male fighting has been a thing since or what? I mean, the UFC was nine and three. Females just got, or women just got put in the UFC, what, in the last eight years or something? When yeah. When was getting put on. Well, is, so that, is it really that? Their window was much smaller, too. Like, how much time uh-huh. they had to 
become stars, I guess, or how much time they've, they've been able to train. Like, you know, women's wrestling is, is getting more popularized, like women boxing and like things like those things. I remember going through high school, like it was weird when guys wanted to wrestle, never mind girls, like you're not fucking wrestling. Like, what do you think you're not? That's a men's team, like that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's a little bit more like strong women are like a little bit more encouraged. So I think maybe in like five, 10 years, you'll see a lot more like female stars, but I think it's too early on right now. So, yeah, that's true I mean? of a lot of sports. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the, the big issues with like funding in female sports to begin with, right? Like men just had, you look at basketball, like NBA versus WNBA, just the head start men had to develop a following and, and coaching practices and, and all this, and the money, you know, it's that once that machine gets going, yeah. like it's. Yeah, whether it's fair or not, is kind of, re- is irrelevant. Yeah. Just because like it's, it's still a business, especially in MMA, it's all a business. Yeah, it's that's why there's so many promotions. Like it's it's a business. The whole thing's a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there any like just wild backyard federations, like that? Like I know in powerlifting, for example, there's some. Uh, that's what I'm familiar with. Uh, you know, there's federations where it's like if you go break a world record in or that, or you squat something in that federation, it's like, you know, it was bullshit. <laughs> you know, it was like somebody squatted five inches too high, or like you know, like this funny stuff. Going yeah. On. So like. Um, so actually funny, like in Thailand, with all like the kickboxing matches, what they used to do. So Thailand, all the fighters have like 400 fucking fights. It's insane. You know, they fight when they're like chill, like little Dude, kids, just beating the shit out of each other. The craziest part about it, right? So say you went through your first 10 fights or something, you went two and eight. You change your fucking name and then create a whole new record. <laughs> oh my Dude, God. Dude, it, that's the wild. Part. That's wild. Like you just create, you just... It's like, it's you're, like you're just restarting. Story. You know the kid, I am 12. It's like that. It's like that. Yeah, it's Holy like, shit. that's that's probably like the closest to it. <clears throat> or in like, um, in Asian, some Asian countries, just because there's no uh, sanctions, no commissions. So when there's no commission, there's no uh, uh, performance enhancing, performance enhancing supplement testing. Um, so that's a little bit more dicey. Like it, yeah, you end up with like Bob Sapp yeah. fighting yeah. some 110 pound guy. I don't guy. know. Dude. Yeah, Schwarzenegger's fighting the fat guy down the street guy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's do, crazy. Do they have um, certain leagues that they like to pick from? What do you mean? Uh, like UFC. Cage Titans, for example. Is that like a, you're, you have a, a good shot? the umbrella of the UFC, right? Like isn't Cage Warriors like owned by the UFC? Cage Warriors so, now. No, it's now. not owned by the UFC, but it's all, it's, it's all broadcast on broadcast UFC, it, broadcast, yeah. which is their streaming service. Oh, okay. Um, and the, like the promoter of Cage Warriors, I believe his name is Graham Boyle. And he's the manager of a lot of like the UK guys, like Till, Molly McCann, oh, okay. Maddie, Maddie, all those guys. So you'll tip it because, dude, there's a lot of politics, right? There's so many fighters in the world. Like to be in the UFC doesn't necessarily mean that you're one of the best fighters in the world. It just means that you're the right place, right time, at the right connection. Because mm-hmm. Sean Shelby and Dana White might just not know your name because the right guy hasn't put the name in there. Sure. You know, you've, the guy that fought uh, two weeks ago, um, Lazier, the, the guy from Dubai, he was he got in the UFC because his best, his best friend is friends with the son of Dana White and he showed Dana White a video of him fighting inside. So like how many guys, if he didn't have the opportunity wow. and then lost his next fight, maybe he would never go to UFC. Yeah. If I didn't have Joe Lozon vouching for me, Joe Lozon's my manager, if I didn't have him in with the UFC, would I have gotten in? Who knows? Like it's, so it's just, it's, it's not necessarily that you're pulling from different promotions, but typically you'll see like probably like 80% of the fighters on the roster come from like the same 
10 managers. Oh, it's more of like managers. It's not like a professional thing because you don't get signed. Like Cage Titans doesn't get a kickback from you getting the UFC. Yeah. There's no no incentive for them aside from like marketing stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's be able to say that X amount of our guys have gone on to the UFC. Yeah, like all the UFC, you know, uh, Cage Titans alum, Randy Costa, or, you know, he used to, he had this many fights in our league before he went. Like that doesn't really, they don't, Oh, they have cage sites fights this weekend. Let's go scout them out. But like that doesn't really work like that. Oh, okay. Think of how many fights. Think of cage sites, right? They have a show in, in three weeks. There's ten fights on there, right? If eight of them have winning records, think of how many other fights in the whole country just that night. Huh? Does Sean Shelby know all of them? Does Dana White know all of them? And we're just talking about the U.S. And now we're talking about Brazil and Russia and you know, yeah. There's yeah. just so many. Like it's just really hard. So it's not necessarily like it put picked from leagues. It's more of like a man. Interesting. Do they have scouts like the way they do in football, hockey, and all the? That's what I was thinking sports? of hockey because I know in for hockey it's like if you're from the GTHL and you play AAA, NHL scouts like you'd see them there with their little clipboards just chilling like yeah. every single game. So, what's kind of sucks to talk about, but it doesn't really suck to talk about, is like look at like the NHL and like the big leagues. <clears throat> Their profit share is like 50-50. so yeah. it's more of a sport. With the UFC, it's like 80-20 or 9 or 85-15 or something like that. Yeah, I saw something like that. So there's really no incentive because they they can just recycle so many fighters. And you guys are all independent contractors, right? All independent contractors, but we can't pull out of the contract and we can't fight anywhere else. But they can release us whenever we want, whenever they want. It's crazy because by all like legal instances that I'm aware of, that like shouldn't hold up. Right, if you're telling people when they're supposed to do something, where they're supposed yeah, to do it. Yeah, that's an employee. So they're not, they don't do that. So their contractual obligation is they have to offer us three fights a year. Okay. And that's it. So they could play a game with you. Like, hey, you want to fight next week? That's And you say, no, that's one of your three fight offers for the year. Uh, so if you're on the good side of the UFC, you're on the good side. If you're on the bad side, you're on the bad side. Because it could be back to back. Could it be back to back? What do you mean? Like you just fought and they're trying to get your review and then they're like, do you want to fight next week? Well, there's a little bit more to that just because of like suspension type stuff. So whenever you fight, you get a suspension. So there's a little bit more oh, okay. like, that kind of gets plays in your favor in that regard. Uh, but they don't, they, they don't tell you, you have to fight on this date and this is who you're fighting and this is where it's going to be. They don't do that. That's they, how they get around they say, it. do you want this? If you say yes, you get that. If not, then you just don't get that. We'll check on you next time. But they, they're contractually, contract, contractually, uh, obligated to give you three, to offer you three a year. Three, okay. Yeah. So they're, they're very fair in that regard. They're definitely very, and I have I have no like, <clears throat> in terms of like contracts or stuff, I don't really have anything negative thing or any mm-hmm. like payment stuff. I don't have anything negative to say about it because I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world every day because I get to do like training. Yeah, all, that's all good. All day get compensated when I fight. I think that's very fair. Uh, in the sport being what, 25 years old, I, I get it, right? You have to build it up a little bit and then you know, go a little bit more. Um, but the thing that is a little weird is like a guy like Nate Diaz, who's been trying to get out of his contract, they won't let him out of his contract. And there's nothing that he can do about it. But on the same side, if they just don't want to have him anymore, they can just release him just because. Mm. They don't have to give you a reason. So I'm, I, they can text me right now, like, you're ready to release. And like I, but I can't text him and say, hey, can I go fight? Yeah, like, no, you're on a contract with us. And if your contract is about to expire, they send you an extension so you can get like a six months extension. So if you're injured, they, they extend your contract 
to comp to compensate or to mm-hmm. compensate for that missed time that they could have offered you a fight. Yeah, they're good, man. They have a really good lawyer. Yeah, for sure. I listened to uh, Fighter and the Kid. Oh, yeah. So I hear Shab talk about it a lot on on the show, and he was saying like even with him, guy's been retired for like I don't know ten years or something, and he's like even if I came back now, because I still had fights on my contract, I I I have to fight under the UFC promotion. I couldn't go and like shop around now that I'm this way bigger name and like try to get a better deal at Bellator or wherever. Can't do like literally. I think the only thing that he might be able to do is like grapple grappling matches and get paid for grappling matches but I'm, I'm not even sure like what the rules are with that um yes yeah, it's, it's weird because they, they lock you in which is great if that's what you want so you're locked in so say if you have four fights and you fought three but you're for you you're like oh i'm done but you basically didn't finish the contract like you'd one more you'd owe them one more oh okay but they can release me i can i can have a four i can have a 20 million fight deal and bef- a week before my first fight they can say no we don't What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com hybrid. So why do they release guys like Yoel Romero, but not guys like Nick? Diaz or uh, Nate Diaz. Probably like the name value. I don't know. Yeah, He's Nate just brings working. a lot Everyone's of. going to watch Nate fight. So Everybody's they're like. going to watch Nate fight regardless. I mean, yeah. Nate Diaz was a great example of that. We, we saw what happened in that last Robert Lawler fight. And that was really painful to watch. Yeah. But I mean, I'm going to watch Nate, Nate Diaz fight again. Well, and like we, well, we're, like we were saying before the podcast, it's like there's some of those guys where it's like they could lose 10 in a row and they're just the fans behind them are just like, no, nah, this, this is, yeah. this time is the one, like he's coming yeah. back, you know? BJ Penn, man, he like, he went on like a seven fight skid on the tail end of his career. You know, it's very painful to watch, but everybody loves him, rightfully so. He was like really fun to watch fight, win or lose. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's just weird how it's not, it's not a double standard, but it's also a double standard at the same time. Like guys can go on a seven fight losing streak, six fight losing streak and still get on the opportunity to fight. But on the flip, like somebody can lose two or three in a row and then, that's it. It's yeah. just weird. The whole the whole like fight business is so it's such a weird thing, but it's also so new. Like you're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty years in a business is not really like in a sport, a worldwide sport. Like that's not really like a a lot of time to like. No, not at all. You know, everything is still getting worked out. It's it's cool. It's interesting. It is interesting. A lot of the decisions. Yeah. A lot of it's kind of just guys like I guess guys like Dana it's more subjective of kind of like we don't really have an exact system it's kind of like ah well I like this guy it's his system yeah I, I or it could be like I want this guy to win because yeah. you know he's hyped and or something like that I mean the, the, the company's worth has no he's gone. doing a great job he's exactly he's doing a great job yeah yeah like guys like guys like maybe say Patty the Batty like he's not necessarily <laughs> the best fighter ever, but they're like, oh, he's the next McGregor. But it's more so he's the next McGregor because of the hype. I also think they changed their approach a ton, right? Like you used to, I feel like they used to rush guys into like fight, like guys that were hype into the, like the top 10. Really yeah, now quick. they take their time. Now it's like you see like Sean O'Malley, Patty, like a, a bunch but of those guys. Flip, it's also partly to do to fighters demanding more money, right? Because you're not, if I sign you on a four fight deal, and yeah. you're getting paid 10,000 and 10,000. You're gonna get the same whether you fight the hundredth ranked guy. Or yeah, the or the top ten. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So like you want me to go in there like, like Patty, killer, you gotta pay me a little better. Right, and a yeah. guy like Patty's position or O'Malley's position, where 
they have a little bit more leverage. They're like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna fucking fight a really, really hard fight for the same amount of money you're gonna give me to fight someone that's not a really, really hard fight. Like, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it's weird, man. It's, it's, it's a really. But when it when they offer you a fight, like say for the patty, the baddie, what if they're like, hey, we offer you a fight, but it's like a top ten guy. If he says no, does that because you were saying they offer you three fights a year? Well, they that's their contractual obligation. They can give you twenty fights a year. Oh, okay. They, Cowboy fought five times in one year. That's, you know, like you, you, you can, there's no limit on how many times you can. No limit, I guess, contraction on how many times it's going to be on what your body can handle. I guess. But yeah. There's just a minimum they have to offer you three. If you can't. If you can do but that. I'm saying they could kind of screw you and like offer you three, but they're just <clears throat> extremely hard, like a top ten guy, and you're just like, or a uh, guy with an N O V in his last name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a guy with no, a guy with no mustache but a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Exactly. <laughs> if you have no mustache, I don't want anything. If you have no mustache, there's there's a meme. It's like what people think scary, and it's a really jack guy. It's like what's actually scary. It says no mustache, a beard, and cauliflower ears. <laughs> yes, dude. And that's the thing. Like it's it's so like if you're on the good side, not the good side, but if like you're on the good side of the <laughs> UFC, like. They'll give you much, not favorable mess, but more like- They want you to win. They want, yeah, they want, they want to try to build you. But if not, then you, you see guys who are getting like, you know, getting three fights in a row and still getting three Russians in a row. Like the the message is fucking clear. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's very clear, <laughs> yeah. especially because I bet sometimes I'm like, well, they want this guy. Like they want Patty the Baddie to win. They want sure. to win. Exactly. Yeah, so, there's a lot of money on, that's come with his name. Look at the UK show. He's a, a fighter that's oh, the UK his show first was. contract. He's getting paid, what, 12 and 12 or 10 and 10. And he's essentially selling out in the ring. Yeah. You want that guy. You need Exactly. Guy. So they're, they're, yeah, slowly building them up. Yeah, it's, it's building a fighter. Dude, it's all political. And it's, and it's crazy, too, because, like, if you started fighting right now and you built your record to 8-0, if you... An eight and zero record is an eight and zero record, but if you built your record to six and t- or four and four, but you fought everybody with a winning record and everybody with over ten fights, that doesn't really like, like say how good of a fighter you are. Yeah, but that's how you build fighters. You you, uh, my first four fights, the they had like, they had like three total wins or four total wins, but that's how you build a fighter. You give them like step by step. And yeah, I just got in early. Right, I just got mm-hmm. in with four fights, so I didn't have that experience. But if I had like a fifth and sixth and seventh local pro fight, then I would have had guys that were like, you know, a little outside of that 500, like a six and four guy, or a seven and five guy, things like that. But that's how you build a fight. It's just, it's a weird, weird businessman. It's not like anything else. Like football is pretty straightforward. How you, get it. you have to run a four floor. You have to be like six foot two. And you have to be crazy athletic. You have to go to D1 school. You have to do this. With fighting, it's like, there's no blueprint. There's no one way to get in. Like mm. Your way is different than my way is different than your way. The yeah. way to build uh, athletes is even crazier in boxing too, right? Because it's, <laughs> like, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah that I one. guys that are 15 and 0 and fighting still guys that are fucking 1 in 20. I know. How? I know, it's yeah. crazy. And it's, and it, it's not a new thing because I know a lot of people, like they'll shit on new boxers and be like, oh, these only fought cans, whatever. It's like, yeah, but so did like Mike Tyson. And, and so did all and all those guys. Like yeah. all the greats so you're building fought a record. for their first. That's uh, how you bit. build a fighter because you have to in order to build a fight, you have to build their name. And you're not gonna build their name if they're losing fights. Yeah. Right? So you yeah. if you're a good promoter and a good manager, and you have a guy who's who's really good at selling himself, then you're gonna give him the matchup so everybody can make money. I mean, that's 
One thing mm-hmm. I do like a lot about the UFC is that you can be a guy like Masvidal, who's got, I don't know how many losses, he had seven or eight losses. And it's more about like how good you are in the present than your overall record, right? You can have a record that's not great, but you get four wins and then you're, you might get a title shot, right? Yeah, he had a title shot. Thrown into the, the till fight to like die. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, because they were trying to build till, right? They were trying to build till. They are going to use him as a gatekeeper. Right, exactly. And then look what, look how many doors he's opened and how, like I bet if you take all the money that he made before the till fight and then all the money after, it would be probably close to equal. And then we're talking about eight fights compared to 25 fights or 20 fights or something. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, just, it's weird, but yeah, it's, you're only a couple wins away from like literally changing your fucking life. Yeah. In boxing, it's like you have one loss. That's it. You're fucked. That's it. It's like this guy's a bum now. It. Yeah. It's like your coaches abandon you, everything. Yeah. 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 Your girlfriend left you. Your doesn't even like you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Uh, who's, the, who's the most overrated fighter in the UFC, you think? Right now, dude. Right Patty. You think? Right Yeah. His I skill set, just from. I don't know a lot about the UFC, set. but his obviously, since set. you've been around, I've been watching more betting, been betting and things like that. His skill sets. Not matching the hype at all. Absolutely not. Whereas Camzat, Camzat's really hype, yes. but he has a strong skill set. Patty's also not getting hyped because of his MMA career. Patty's getting hyped because of his personality. And his yeah, yeah. Right. So he's who, who said. But that? people who don't. All that went on a podcast or, or yeah, recently, or, recently, yeah, he, he said, said that. that. Right now, I and you say it respectfully. I don't think that Patty is that good right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good at what he does, but in terms of like hype and stuff like that, he's not really like. He almost I mean, got knocked out his first fight. Against someone who who hasn't shown to be that good either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that in terms of like hype is Patty, but it's weird too because Patty's not necessarily getting the hype because he's an exciting fighter. He's getting the hype because he's just a goofball. He's fucking Yeah, he's funny. he is a goofball. He's, he's hilarious. He's, you know, he's silly looking, he acts like a bozo, he gets like wicked fat. He's just like <laughs> crazy <laughs> fat. Like he gets like crazy yeah, he's fat. Just like a yeah, funny, yeah. stupid like and the, yeah, it's, yeah, I think cool. it's easy to get behind the like the confidence too. Whenever someone's got like just this crazy confidence about them, it's like there's something so attractive to, like about that, especially as a fan. Like I think yeah. that's a huge part. Like, yeah, like he's crazy and all that stuff like McGregor, but like it's the confidence that he fucking believes all the crazy shit he's saying. And, and yeah. validating it just once. I mean, how many times, how many times in your life have you heard, I predict these things just from McGregor saying, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's wild, but I mean, Patty's another one of those guys where, like, you just—I mean, it's like a, it's a car crash every time he's talking. It's like, yo, this guy's so such a goofball, so <laughs> stupid, but like, I love him, dude. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He's, that's that's probably what I would say is like the but Comzat's he's just a different level. That guy have you have you seen have you seen him in person? Comzat, yeah, yeah, we fought in, uh, when he knocked out Mirshard. Oh, you uh, were there? Uh, yeah. So when I had that head kick knockout, he fought after, and I thought I kissed my bonus goodbye. I almost went and killed him, bro. That was, you still got performance on night, didn't you? Yeah, we both did. They gave up before that night. It was myself, Covington, the fight of the night, uh, and Kamza. Uh, And there was one more for a choke. But yeah, Kamza is huge. Dude, he's huge. And he's wicked funny. Yeah. Wicked funny. So we were standing, like, just getting, like, our our stuff, our gear. And he had his coach in a headlock. uh, And he had, like, his arms pinned. And he was just fucking giving him the news. Who do you think he fights next? Covington? That, I'd love to see that fight. Yeah, dude, it's 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 really weird because like 
if you're Colby, do you take that fight? Like, why are you gonna fight that guy? Yeah. You just beat a guy that's coming off a loss, and, and Covington's coming off like three or two savage wins. Yeah. Yeah. And we he has one guy, and it's just it's just weird. But like that would be. That'd be a really sick fight because fight. it's like that would be I don't know if he's gonna be able to take Kobe down. He's never been taken down, right? And is he gonna be able to out gas tank him? I don't think so. We yeah. saw at the end of the third round with the Gilbert fight two weeks ago. He, not he didn't slow down, but you can start to see like openings were starting to create themselves that weren't there at the beginning of the fight. Yeah, His chin was kept, a little bit more. Kept walking slow. into that hook. Yeah, just like little things. So if we're talking about five round fight, I mean Kobe has a, like an iron lung. That dude, like he doesn't get tired. It's like. But on the flip, like Kamzat has that real one punch knockout power. Yeah. Yeah. He Colby might be a better matchup for him just because Burns also on his feet is Burns has that striking power. Yeah. Yes, but Burns also coming up from 55. Yeah. So yeah, he's true. Small, he's smaller than Kamzat. Oh, yeah. That's Colby true. is going to be equal or closer to size. You could see a clear size difference yeah, yeah. between the two of them. Kamzat's an 85 70 here. 185, 170. No, I think 190-ish. He fought at 85. Comes out oh, you're saying he fought at 8. But I'm saying, yeah, walking around. Probably yeah, 2. Yeah, 190-ish. Yeah, probably 2 bills. Because he's tall, no? He's big. Bro. He's 6'2". He's, he's got, like, these boy. shoulders, man. He's, like, he's yeah, got, he's like, wide. real solid build to him. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, there was, like, a video of him and Burns running into each other, like, it's before funny. the fight. And he's like, you look small, brother. Stir in the pot. He is hilarious. Yeah, Kamza and Till, they're like, they're so fucking funny together. Dude, they're, I think they're really good for their, uh, like, cranking up their their value. Just they're putting out all yeah. the entertaining content all the time. And Dude, and like, just, like, just think about the stupid picture with Gilbert, like the coldest picture in MMA history. Like, Gilbert walking out and Kamza and Derek sitting on there. On the fucking it's an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it is. Wow. It's crazy. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. Who, who do you think are. So let's say top three funniest guys in the UFC funniest? that you know of. Uh, Steve A would be number one. Really, Steve dude. A. Top top fifteen funniest guys I've ever met in my life. Really, dude, he wow. Is so funny. He's just a dude. He's I mean, he's college baseball player, he's a stud, uh, firefighter. He's just a he's just a man's man. He's a fucking wicked goofball, dude. He's so funny. He always trips me out. He just looks like if if you just showed me a picture of him sitting there with his glasses and his nice haircut, or whatever, I'd be like. Guy's an accountant, maybe. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like a real athlete that played college. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. a Golden Glove boxer. Like he's like legit, legit. So, uh, yeah. He's just unbelievably fucking funny. He fought at uh, at UFC Boston versus Dan Cormier, uh, and I was I was at the open. Oh, that's a good one. That. Yeah. Then that way, he was just he was so fucking funny. He was so funny. I think it was Dan Cormier. Dan Cormier. No, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Cormier. It was Cormier. Yeah, UFC Boston. Yeah, he's he's really funny. I think he's gonna fight John Jones this summer. Oh, that I saw them trying to set that up. They're, they're teasing a little bit. Yeah, that's a good that's a good matchup. Yeah, I, that's because of the Ngannou thing, right? Yeah, because yeah, it's gonna be a uh, um, uh, interim. Is gonna, yeah, he's gonna fight what's his name? Uh, Tyson Fury. Fury. Yeah, so there's a lot of moving parts to that because there's a lot of contractual stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ngannou hasn't resigned or signed a new contract. And like, there's like a window on when he can explore free agency, and that's up in six months. And then he's able to explore free agency, which is why they're talking about the Tyson fight because that that timeline mm. kind of matches up perfect for like. You can know, he sign something for six months from now, or does he have to wait six months to sign that contract? He has to he has to wait six months before he can even have talks with other promoters to have potential uh, fights. Like he can't go and talk to Bellator like, hey, what are you going to offer? 
you have to give that window because they have the, the option to uh, renegotiate, obviously. And then say, say Bellator offers him, I'll just say $10, just, just number, mm. $10. He has to take that number and bring it to the UFC and the UFC can match that mm. ruling. They get right up for oh, okay. So they're going to have, yeah, they'll, they'll have the uh, <laughs> control over pretty much where it's going to go. Damn. That's yeah, interesting. They got that pretty well set up. They're good, man. They have so much they're money good. involved. They're so you, much money involved. Who do you think is the most well-known underrated guy? In the UFC, well-known, underrated. I feel like I feel like for a while it was Colby. I feel like he didn't get enough credit just because everyone hated him so much. That yeah, probably that yeah, because he doesn't. When you talk about if you bring a Colby up in conversation, uh, in conversation, in MMA, whatever, it's never about oh he's a savage fighter. It's always like, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's what it always is. Nobody ever. But it's he's really one of like the best, like literally one of the best. Yes, like scary how good he is, and how much disrespect he gets towards his skill set just because of his outside personality. Yeah, I mean, love it or hate it, it, it's doing great for him. Yeah, that's part of being a heel, I guess, right? But at least for him, if you love him or hate him, you're still watching him, right? Yeah, even if you're just tuning in to to hope that he gets knocked out, like he's still making money. You're still paying. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he didn't take the uh, any pay per view points on the last fight. Yeah, do you have any insight into that? Why? I don't have any like actual insight. There's like because there's an actual beef between the two of them, mm-hmm. and that may have been like it could end up being like Colby's best business move ever. Because yeah. what opportunity? What things is like? What doors is he going to be able to open? And leverage does he have going forward from having a huge pay per view, winning the pay per view, not taking any pay any cuts and then getting so much more press after the fight from getting suckered in the in the uh, parking lots yeah poppies like, so that might be a huge business move. yeah like, I, w- I wonder if maybe. um i wonder if masvidal because they hate each other so much was like i'll only fight him if he doesn't get any pay-per-view points or colby said fuck it i really want the i think i think i remember seeing colby yeah. saying like i don't even want it like just i'm just gonna him. kick your ass yeah. <laughs> yeah it was funny too like at the press conference uh, Masvidal saying, "You go promote that pay per view, Kobe. You go promote it because <laughs> he's not getting paid." He's like, "Yeah, you keep telling him. Tell him where the fight is." <laughs> Such a fucking asshole. Dude. I know, dude. And I thought I thought it was weird that whole fight that happened at Poppy's too, because it's like, yeah, you just had the fight. You know, it's like that's where you prove whatever it is you're trying to prove. <clears throat> yeah, you and know? I, I agree, but it's it, so, and I, I I certainly don't like condone the action but we also didn't come up with the upbringing that mask yeah so we true. don't know yeah like you know what i mean so it's, it's different when you I mean, we didn't get fed the silver spoons but compared to what he did maybe you know so it's hard to like to say oh i would do that there like no you don't really have like what the things that he dealt with yeah like, who true. did what and like what house his family and like did he have a family who was talking shit where like why did you value him talking shit about your family so much like, what's the problem yeah. No, so it's it's hard and like I think it was a like a definitely an idiot move just because you don't know like what repercussions you're gonna have financially. Like you don't know sure. how much suing is gonna be done. Like there's just a lot of like outside factors. Um but yeah, it's just hard to pass judgment on somebody doing something like that because we're talking about their kids and I don't have kids. And so I don't know what it's like to have the dude yeah. that I hate the fucking most <laughs> talking about my kids, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. And my ex wife or whatever, you know, it's just yeah, it's yeah. hairy. It's a hairy situation. It's tough because I don't know what it's like to be brought up in, in humbling times. Thankfully, I guess. But. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
at least he's authentically himself all the time, right? right? Like he says that that's what he's going to do if you do it. He did. He does yeah. So Speaking of which, Cain Velasquez. Oh, that was crazy. That is crazy. What else? Did he end up getting convicted? Uh, there's no conviction yet, but he's still being held. He's fighting? The trial hasn't gone on. It got, when is it? Maybe at the end of, maybe at the end of May. Dude, that's a crazy, that's crazy story. Because it's a tough one because like, yeah, obviously don't try to kill people. You know, that's bad. But <laughs> I think anyone can put themselves in his shoes and understand why he would do something like that, right? It's like, you, it's, it's something that everyone would want to do and just wouldn't because they don't want to go to jail. Right. And then you get in the argument and <clears throat> the thing that's going to like hose him the most is that he didn't hit the right person. Yeah, he hit the guy's dad by accident, right? You know, something or like whoever, whoever was the other one. Uncle other or something. Car. Yeah. So like, that's where, and it's tough because like, I, I fucking get it. I get it. But like, how do you convince a judge? Like, dude, I didn't mean to hit that guy. I meant to like, yeah. So it's like, it's yeah, really, yeah. really it's, hard. So it's tough to say and oopsie like, when you shoot someone. Right. And everything, <laughs> <laughs> oops. <laughs> but I mean, thankfully nobody got like hurt or hurt. But like you almost wish that he just like pulled dude out of his car. Just so I was saying, bro, off. you're one of the fucking baddest people on the planet. Yeah. But you're shooting him's too good for him. Like a guy like that. Yeah. Beat the shit out of him for 15 minutes Perfect. straight. Yeah. Perfect. But know? it's crazy. It's like a slippery slope because like everybody's been enraged, enraged before. But, yeah. Like, we haven't been enraged where like our kid or our family members like being inappropriately touched like many, many times. Like, so that's yeah. a different level. of. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. something that like. That's a whole other level because that kid's going to be changed Scarred. for their whole life. And there's no, there, you can never get that back. Like there's almost no justice then that can be had in a situation like that. Ever. And with him now being away, it's like there's, the kid is in a, in a constant conflict with himself. Like, did I do something wrong? Should I have said anything? Like yeah. what comes next? Like when can I see the guy that, who supposedly was trying to protect me? And what's up with the other guy that was touching me? Why, why is he out? Yeah. Man, wow! What wow! A, what a, it's just a shit slippery situation. Slope. It's crazy. Big slippery slope. Uh, what what's coming up next for you? Probably like midsummer. That's what I'm thinking. Do you know where? Do I know where? Yeah, where no, you're going for? No, I don't know where. I would like to hope that it's in front of fans, though. The UFC has said that they, there's like seven cities that they want to go to this year. It's like Salt Lake, Boston, which I that'd be great. Yeah. Boston again, obviously. New York City, Austin, like a couple of states. Um, yeah, I just, I just hope in front of people. It's, it's just so much cooler fighting in front of. What uh, cities other than Boston would be like good ones for you? A place that I wouldn't go to normally. Like, so I think they're going to Salt Lake City. I would mm-hmm. love to fucking fight in Salt Lake City because I'm not going to take a vacation in Salt Lake City. Yeah. You know, like somewhere like, not silly, but somewhere silly. Like, yeah, like maybe, maybe Chicago, maybe that. I probably wouldn't go to Chicago. Um, so both like cool cities in their own way. What's that? Both cool cities in their own yeah, way. Yeah, just like a, a place mm-hmm. that would give me an opportunity. Like I thought my debut was in Atlanta. Like a, mm. Atlanta's cool as fuck, but I probably wouldn't be like, hey, let's go to Atlanta. Like it's cool. Like just watch a baseball game. Yeah. I would yeah. do that. But I just go there like for that reason. Just neat. So I would like to go somewhere that like I wouldn't go other for any other Yeah. Tr- if you go to Salt Lake City, go to the Red Iguana. Noted. Shout out to that place. Noted. I mean, like a little hole in the wall. Every time I've Red gone, I've, I've like, yeah, for some reason, I've been there a bunch of times. So every yes, time I go, I've, I've gone to that I would like to fight somewhere with no state tax. That'd definitely be ideal. True. So it doesn't matter where you live. It just matters where you get paid for the, for that? <clears throat> no, because I still have to, I have to pay 
federal. I have to pay the state that I live in. I have to pay the state that I fight in. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I got lucky the last couple because I've been a Florida resident with no state tax and then fight in Vegas with no state tax. When I lived in Massachusetts, I got lucky in some regard because I was a Massachusetts resident and then mass taxes. The mass taxes are obviously fucking insane because it's like one of the more liberal states. But if you get like the ultimate getting hosed would be like New York. Fight, living in New York and then fighting in California. Like, dude, you're paying like, you're yeah. walking out with half a paycheck before you get out of the cage. <laughs> That's right. Like, like you fight in Australia, it's like forty percent, thirty five percent. Damn, dude, that's so much money. <coughs> Damn, yeah, that's a lot. Percent, you're like you're paying to fight almost, dude. It's crazy. Insane. It, <clears throat> some of those uh, like Commonwealth countries are nuts. Like coming from Canada, I pay fifty four percent on uh, any any amount over a certain. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's less than half, and then on top of that, so you you get you pay them to get paid. So 54, then you're, it's like 13% sales tax. Yeah, sales tax. So another 13 every, on every dollar that you're spending. And then the like, dollar value is just not that high. And the dollar value is lower too, yeah. So that's, I mean, there's trade-offs. What's, yeah, what's the positive trade-off of losing your money? <coughs> Fuck, just, I mean, I mean, I mean the, the, that feels bad. You're making See that I mean the, the system got so exposed uh, over the pandemic. Like prior to that, I had so many good things to say about the Canadian healthcare system. It's just not set up to like in the best of times, it's slow but paid for. Yeah. Right by the taxpayers. So like that's nice if something catastrophic happens, like you know you get cancer or something, right? Then you're not like this huge burden on your family. You don't leave them with a bunch of debt if you pass away, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. But it's just not made to handle any hurdle, like any curveball, like the pandemic. So it's like the, that was a huge problem. That's why that's why they shut down. Like people, I think, think that Canada was just really freaked out about like getting COVID, and that wasn't the case. It's just the healthcare system oh, couldn't okay. handle it. I didn't even think of it that way. That's interesting. I mean, it makes sense too because like, what are you gonna, as like an authority figure, figure like what what can you do for your people? Yeah, it's tough, right? And like anything that was considered an elective surgery, they just weren't doing. So if you like tore your ACL, yeah. it's like, oops, right. like, sorry, you, you're, you'd have to have a torn ACL until that'll oh, get sorted out. So that was really tough for a lot of people. Um, and you couldn't have any visitors in the hospital too. So people who, who were getting like, you know, surgeries that were life-threatening, they're just in there alone, like, Oof. ugh, tough. That was real tough. But um, yeah, still still too much tax. <laughs> it's nice being in Florida, no sales tax. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, so... I, th- I think, we, oh, we got to be conscious of your time. I think you got to go. Um, where oh, yeah. where can people find you? Randy underscore Costa on Instagram. Randy Costa 135 on Twitter. Randy Costa 135 on TikTok. All right, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. That was fun. Yeah, thank you.